is awesome! Great, man. We still, we're not done yet, though. We got another series to go. We take it one game at a time, man. We gotta keep rolling. Maybe it's an English American thing. It is not an English American thing. In London is NBA. In Africa is NBA. In China is NBA. In For real, the NBA, the Nationwide Basketball National Basketball Association. I'm not gonna tell you again. Okay? National Basketball Association. Okay? Thank you. In your opinion. So. It's a fact. You have a growing fan base who, of basketball fans and, and an enormously passionate sports culture here in Britain as well. How much passion is there really for the NBA over here? It has a huge global following, right? right. Or at least it's done pretty well in China, but it's struggled to make an impact in the UK. You sound skeptical. <laughs> um, but you see, because we're soccer fans, I right. shouldn't say that. I'll get smacked for saying that. But football fans here. We, in we call it football. Okay. But, um, I mean springs? It doesn't have any springs in it. Why does it bounce then? It's air. There's air in the ball. Well, there's air in the swim. How come the swim ain't bouncing? Yo, man, don't play ahead, yo. It's because I was from the UK. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Double Clutch Podcast. My name is Frankie Hobbs and joining me today is our favourite Northerner. A year older, a year wiser, Mr. Matt Bates. Hello. Hello. And joining us all the way from Australia... Everyone's favourite Australian, Tom Reed. Thank you very much, Frankie. It's good good to be on the show. I don't know too much about favourite Australian. I mean, there, there's a lot of Australians who've done a lot of good in the world. Well, I mean, I, the, the only name that... Oh, we're trying, to, we're trying to find the plane. We're trying to find the plane right now. We're in charge of that. Like, I'm not a part of that. <laughs> the, the only other name that really came to mind was Benjamin Cadet. So, um, yeah, you, I thought, you've won I thought you were going to say Kylie Minogue. Oh. <laughs> oh, gotta love Kylie. Salt of the earth. So, so is Benjamin. She's more British than Australian now, though, isn't she? Mm, there's all this brilliant basketball going on, and all you <laughs> want to talk about is kind of. Like, um, I don't even like it that much. Uh, look, we'll, we'll we'll kick off with the the big news. Kylie, she's got a new, she's got a new album coming out. Let's kick off with that. <laughs> a, new, a new tour, and you can win tickets from Double Clutch at Double. Clutch. No, we we must press on with um, obviously the, the the news that's actually it was on Sky Sports News earlier, so it's really hit the sport. Sporting world worldwide there, and um, Donald Sterling's been banned from the NBA for, for the rest of his life. Uh, he's been fined, I think, two point two point five million, is it? And um, yeah, so so Tom, I'll come to you first. What what do you think of this? And and do you think the NBA have done a really good set a really good example for for the world, really? Well, I mean, this is the one of the most monumental moments we've we've seen in NBA history, and I mean that's not that's not downplaying it at all. I mean, or overplaying it at all. It it, it just is, and I think they've they've set. A great precedent that, that something like, like racism isn't going to be tolerated in in the sport or or in America anymore in in the world, and for them to to come down this hard on on Donald Sterling and you know give him a two point five million dollar fine, which is the maximum, ban him from life from have, being associated with the NBA, and then and then push push and then Sterling to sorry not Sterling then Silver to push the owners to to go to a vote as soon as they can to be able to vote him to force him to sell the franchise, which is a part of the bylaws. I mean it, it's. It's the harshest penalty they could possibly do, and I also feel that it's the fairest penalty that they could do considering the circumstances. Yeah, and I think the the one thing for me which was the most admirable was just how quickly they dealt with it. You can yeah. see a, you can see a lot of times with things like this they they drag on and on. Um, I know it's football, but John Terry with with Anton Ferdinand that seemed to go on for ages. Luis Suarez, another one that 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 uh, dragged on a while. But I think 
the demand was such from, especially in a league which is eighty percent African American, they they just had to sort it out. And I think you you said it brilliantly the other day where it was you're just proud to to be following a sport which is just at the forefront of fighting racism. And I think it was a it was, as much as we don't like racism, I think it showed the NBA in a great light and it was a really good moment for them to come out and say we're going to lead this and we're going to kick it out and 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 Bates now you've got to ask. Uh, who 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 is going to buy the Clippers? I don't know. I don't. There's loads of there's loads of names. Well, it's not me. I didn't get that much. Money from but yeah, I don't know. There's names floating around. Magic Johnson, Oprah Winfrey. I don't know. I there's no point of speculating now because no one really knows anything. But what I want to say about it is, I thought Adam Silver. This was his first big decision that he had to make, and he obviously made the right one. I well, I personally think he made the right one, and he showed a bit of like I don't know. He's just he set a good precedent for how maybe his career as commissioner is going to be and I think he started it off pretty well because yeah. he didn't let it yeah. drag like you said and he pretty much gave what everyone wanted definitely yeah I mean it's a, it's amazing how how quickly this has turned around I mean you look at the timeline this dropped on the night of the 25th while everyone in America was asleep 26th it started to to blow up he had a press conference scheduled for that afternoon in Memphis and he you know, spent spent the morning talking to the, to the players, talking to Chris Paul, talking to the Clippers, talking to, to, to some other owners um, about their opinions, read up about it, you know, tried to make sure that before he was going to this press conference that he knew uh, all, of, all the facts leading into it that he could, went to the press conference, announced that they were going to be look, putting in an, an, an external investigation into this. And then three days later from that, the findings came back and press conference straight away and decision happened. I mean, for, for the whole thing to be turned around in four days, for something as big and as touchy a subject as this to come to come to that conclusion, it's amazing that that could be done that quickly. Mm, it is, and um, obviously, uh, leading on from the Clippers, I think I think it's a great moment. I think a lot of people that are probably more intellectual than me uh, and and you, I don't know, um, Tom's probably uh, will be will be one at the forefront of this. I think there'll be a lot of people that will write a lot of good things about this. We'll move on to the basketball and talking of the Clippers. They they um, obviously came away with a win yesterday to against the Golden State Warriors. Um, Tom, do you think that with all that came out about Sterling, we we kind of this was a game the Clippers just they just weren't going to lose. Yeah, you, you could you could tell from from the moment that they stepped on the court and and they actually showed all all the intros live on 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 television as a part of the broadcast, which they normally don't do. You could just tell that the, the passion in the in the in the in the stadium and and just the looks of of wanting this on on the Clippers' faces after all that they've been through over the last couple of days that this was just going to be their game to lose and and even even though it was a it was only a ten point victory you could you could you almost felt that the Warriors weren't even really in it for the game um, throughout the entire game I mean the, the Clippers just their, their offense was was working great their, their defense was back up to to what we what, what we've seen from them over the last um uh, throughout the regular season and it was just one of those games that DeAndre Jordan was was one of the guys that really stepped up and, and he was one of the guys who you know off the court was was really being one of the leaders of, of this Clippers team throughout this this whole this whole situation him and his family were really a, a major part of what what was going on around this, this this Clippers team itself off the court, and um, you know you, you could just tell that that everyone everyone stepped up, and it just wasn't going to be a game that they were going to lose. Mm, definitely, and, and Matt, did you um, what did you take <laughs> yeah. from the game? Well, obviously everything that just Tom said, and yeah, I was going to pinpoint um, DeAndre Jordan. I thought he played very well, especially from a lackluster <laughs> game he had the the game before where he just he didn't really show up. But yeah, it was just a good. A good team performance by the Clippers. Uh, they got quite a few good production from Jamal Crawford and Darren Collinson off the bench, and I don't know they just looked a bit flat. The Warriors. Mm. 
But this team is... What, what do we think about the Clippers? Because, I mean, I, I just think that they're so deep in it, it, if their role players are playing well, especially at home. You, you've got the likes of, um, as you mentioned, Crawford, who is probably the one of the best sixth men at the moment. He but, just won the award. He's, oh, yeah, he's just about to win the award. Oh, well, well I, I admit, I'll, I've been out all day. But, um, yeah, Jamal Crawford, you've got Darren Collison, who I think um, coming off the back of a disappointing season in Dallas, I think Rick Harlow has got a lot to, to take for that. But I think he's, he's really improved and really come back a better player. Glenn Davis, you never know what you're going to get with him. But then you've got like these these whole group of players like your Danny Granger's, Turkaloos. You've got all these players that, granted, they're not going to bring it every night. But one night they'll recapture their old form and hit, I don't know, a few threes. Um, and then obviously you've got, you've got Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, arguably two of the top five players in the league. I think this is a team where... Where where do we see them going? Because I I really can't see past them for the Western Conference. I can I can see them in the Western Conference Finals only because I guess maybe that's only if like the Thunder or the Warrior uh, the Spurs slip out because they're struggling. Both well, the Thunder definitely are struggling quite at the moment. So I think they could leapfrog one of the teams if one of the contenders gets eliminated. Mm. Tom, I've always, I've always, I've said all. all... Well, not, not really all season, probably since about February, that, that I would not be surprised if I saw them in the NBA Finals. They're not necessarily my pick to be there. I, I think that I still think that the Spurs are, are the, the quality team of the, of the Western Conference. But, but the Clippers, the, the changes that, they've, that have happened to this team from, from this time last year through to this year have been monumental. And they are actually now a very good player, a very good NBA team rather than just being a very good NBA regular season team. I mean, you can't understate how Big the changes, having Doc Rivers coming in for, for Vinny Del Negro. I mean, Doc Rivers actually knows how to close out games with a basketball team, which, which is just, you know, a, a massive difference. And then the, then Blake Griffin, what he's brought to the table this season, you know, completely revolutionizing his offensive game, I- implementing a, a mid-range game, can also take it outside and shoot the three, even though it's not really advisable. Blake just yet work on that in the offseason. And, um, and just, just defensively. How much he's improved this this year as well, and DeAndre Jordan has, has really you know, stepped up on the on the defensive end as well. And I mean, he almost he almost took out Defensive Player of the Year. I think he finished third in the voting as well. And so, what those guys have, have brought to the table and have improved on their game this year, plus plus Chris Paul has been just as dangerous Chris Paul style as ever. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think you're right, especially with Blake. I think the way he's improved. I think the the, the period where Chris Paul was out in the regular season, it almost helped him. Um, he could kind of carry that team, and now you know. Maybe if you go to him early, if it's not popping out, then you've got you've got Chris Paul, and uh, even he, you can say what you want about Tony Parker and other point guards. I, I still don't think there's anyone as good as Chris Paul at running on offense, and I don't think there has been since maybe you're going back to like you know, like some Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas, who, who we spoke about. Um, yeah, I think the Clippers team are going to be very good. What, what do we think about the Warriors? Because they're a team that came into the season with a lot of expectations, and Tom. The, the, they really are missing missing the big Aussie. Yeah, I mean the 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 Warriors have actually surprised me this series that they've been able to win two games. I actually predicted a, a Clippers sweep in this, and um, just just the Warriors. There's just so many problems with this team that you know they they really rely on on someone to to really have a big game from outside for them to be able to 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 to, to win games or stay in games at the moment. Because I mean, you, you look at. You, you look at, you look at the team and, and how, I mean, defensively, it's, it's a, it's a seriously good defensive team, but without Bogut, you know, that, that's a big hole from them. He was the real, 
he and Iguodala were the two real staples of the defense. I mean, Bogut was um, second in the NBA in, de- in defensive rating behind Joakim Noah. It's something that, that, that's been really understated and really overlooked how good he was defensively this year. Um, Draymond Green's not a starter. Having him out there, um, you know, starting isn't isn't as dangerous for this team as having him being being a go-to defensive guy off the bench. And then just offensively, that just. A- I, I really hate watching the Golden State Warriors offense. It's just ISO after ISO, and the sets they do run, you almost sometimes you, you, you feel are just way too complicated for, for this group of players to really understand. And you know they they don't play too too much. They don't play that 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 very well pick and roll basketball. I mean they they don't. I really went my, some of the best stuff that they did. I liked it when they brought Pogut out into the high post and were running picks through him there. But I mean it's just it, it's 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 a terrible offense, and, and it really just relies on. On ISO, ISO three point shots at times. Yeah, you, you feel the only way they're going to win is if Steph Curry takes over. And for you, Tom, I'll come back to you again because I think I think you um, made some good points there. Do you think that a lot of this comes down to Mark Jackson? Yeah, uh, definitely. A lot of this comes down to Mark Jackson. I mean, his his the the way that he's brought this team together defensively. Is, is seriously good and can't be understated. But I mean, basketball is a two way game, and you're seeing this right now with with the the Chicago Bulls getting eliminated, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. And just he, offensively, he's just a, a very terrible basketball coach, and and this definitely needs to come. And that that's uh, that I'm probably being as nice as I could there when talking about Mark Jackson's offensive sets. And so it, it really does come down to him, and and I feel that he's definitely got to be gone at the end of the season if they lose this series. Hmm. Right. Well, you just well going to Mark Jackson. He needs to pretty much sort out who who's working with him now because everyone. I yeah. Think the report came out that I, I don't remember the assistant's name, but that he was recording uh, practices or something like that, some phone calls or something, mm. and got yeah got done for that. So I I see him. I don't think I picked the Clippers in five. I thought I'd give them a gentleman sweep, but yeah, I just think they're a bit predictable on offense. They just, yeah, I think they just, when they actually try and run a play in that, they just try and hide Curry behind a big man from a screen and just try to get him an open shot. It's just getting a bit predictable now. And you almost feel like, I don't know, they, they, they were better last year in the playoff by necessity when, when David Lee went out, they could play Barnes at the four. Um, and that they just kind of spread Bogut with some shooters. And I just, I think they need to get back to that mentality. And I, but don't you think yeah, they played that, an easier that's, team that's in the, the first best. Round. Yeah, don't you think they played an easier team in the first round last year? And maybe last year, if they played the Clipper, the, this Clippers team, that it would just be the same. No, yeah, they, they def- last year they definitely played a team that, mm. that uh, was nowhere near as good defensively as this Clippers team. So I mean, it, it was just going to be a lot easier for them to be able to 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 get through that series and and you know play uh, play the offensive style that they want to play. But you got to remember though, that was a real big surprise last year that the Warriors took out the Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets were a fantastic regular season mm. team. Like the way they they, 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 they they had the best record in the in the West over the second half of the season yeah. by like a mile. Didn't they have the best home was... record as well? And they went on a crazy winning streak as well, didn't they? Yeah, so I mean, Especially at home. I, yeah, I think they were. I think over their last. Um, 41 games last season. I think they were 34 and 7 or something ridiculous like that. I'm sure they only lost three home games or something like that all season. It's just, um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And with the Warriors, it's just, um, it'll be really interesting to see what they, they, they do off season because they kind of went all in on this team, really. If you look what they gave up to get Iggy, they gave up a few picks, obviously the, the two baddish contracts. But now you look, you, you think, well, Clay's going to have to get paid soon. Where's that going to come from? Bogut's just got his big extension. Curry's got his big extension. Well, it wasn't a big extension. Mm. But he's got his extension. So Iggy's obviously signed that big deal. So 
you've got to look at it and you say where where are they going to improve and it? it's got to be um, got to be in the coaching area because I, I don't think they'll struggle to um, bring bring players in to the Bay Area because it, by all accounts it's, it's fantastic and you, you've got Steph Curry there you've got Andre Godala so I think I think they're one to watch in the off season um, for sure. Um, another team which is going to be interesting to watch in the off season is the Chicago Bulls, and their off season has uh, is, is now really they were they were knocked out. Uh, obviously, losing last night to the Washington Wizards. Bates, did we underrate the Wizards or overrate the Bulls? Uh, I think we just forgot that the Bulls can't shoot. Mm. I think I think we were focusing so much. I think yeah, I think we overrated the Bulls. I think we would. We were so in awe of how Noah was playing through a stretch in the middle of the second half of the season that we just forgot that they really can't score the ball. But the Wizards, all due respect to them, they played a great series and they really, they really, all the weaknesses that the Bulls had, they took it to them. I think the the whole world overrated the Bulls and, and we're looking at how good they are off uh, defensively. I mean, they're the best defensive team in the NBA, but they were the 28th, wor- they were the 28th best offensive team in the NBA. And the, the last time a team who was ranked in the third three bottom offensive teams won a playoff series was like 1984 the Utah Jazz so i mean i mean i, I wasn't alive then and, and i mean that, that was back when the league was only i think i think 20 24 25 teams or something then as well so i mean it, it's never happened when the league's been you know 28 29 30 teams and and um you know the wizards the wizards to, to their credit as well i mean they were a top 4 defense in in the eastern conference so you knew that that was going to that was going to cause chicago's offense a lot more issues and i mean they they're still a, a really good offensive team as well and so with me i mean i picked the wizards to win this series and i i got laughed at for picking it and so i'm i'm loving life at the moment but it was for me it was just simple numbers it was just washington can score the ball better than chicago can and their defense are both pushes so it just felt like Washington were going to be able to score more points this series and be able to take it out. But I mean, the way that they did it, I didn't expect them to do this in in a, in a gentleman's sweep and and you know win all three games that they played on Chicago's home court. Um, John Wall really stepped up, especially towards the back of the series. I mean, Nene was definitely the player of the series, even though he obviously missed Game Four due to um a little indiscretion that he had with Jimmy Butler. Um, but you know, I mean. Look, look at it. Look at his game today. I mean, 20, 20 points, ten from seventeen from the field, seven rebounds, four assists. You know, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more from Nene than that. And I mean, all him, himself, Martin Gortat, and um, even Drew Gooden when Drew Gooden played did such a good job on Joakim Noah. They just made him null and void throughout the series on 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 the offensive end and even at times defensively as well. Yeah, do we? Um, I think you're right in, in in what you say with the balls because. Look, I think a lot of us bought into the narrative of the Bulls that they they lost all these stars. Joe Kim Noel was carrying them, but it, in fact he was carrying them through through a weak Eastern Conference. They weren't coming up against teams like the Bulls every week because half the Eastern Conference were shutting it down to try and get a, a good a good draft pick. Yeah. Um, oh, the the Bulls are just Bulls like nations, so to speak. I mean, the Bulls fans, the players, uh, ownership, everything. It just they just really annoy me sometimes with their whole like oh the, the whole the whole world's against us. Look, like Chicago pride and and everything and and at the end of the day they had a really bad basketball team that lost a series like it's it, there's nothing wrong with that it's just that it just wasn't to be their year they didn't have Derrick Rose I mean you know, the whole world isn't against them Jacob Noah played really well throughout this season there's a lot to take away from the Bulls this season but they just weren't going to win this series yep I um yeah I think you're right and um the Wizards I think I certainly slept on them I'll be honest um I thought they were a good team all season I think playoff all. I always thought playoff war would be fun. Bradley Bill, I did. I, it, I think they just looked the hungrier team, and I never thought I'd say that against 
a Thibodeau team. As it as it happens, I mean, you've got to look now. Um, I think that the way they could get to the to the fi- the Eastern Conference Finals, you've got to think you've got to fancy the Wiz. Yeah, they've got yeah, an easy, easy road to get there compared to the other one. And how how big of an achievement would that be for the Wiz? Well, um, at the start of the season, uh, John, well, during the off season last year, John Wall said we're not just going to make the playoffs. Like he was adamant that they were going to be a team that was going to win a series or, or two and, and be a be a, a borderline force in the Eastern Conference. So I use the word force in the Eastern Conference <laughs> with um inverted commas because it really isn't really a thing. Yeah, and uh, base. Yeah, I think that. Well, I think yeah, they can definitely make the Eastern Conference Finals. But one of the things that struck out for me that I read this start that Wall hasn't really had the best shooting uh, series. He only shot thirty six percent, but he was getting to the line mm-hmm. nine times. Which is probably one of the best in the playoffs. And Beal, although he did have a better shoot in 45 from the three point line, but they were a plus 10.7 points on court when they're on court together, which just shows that, like, they're not, even if they're going off, even if they're not playing the best offensively, which we all, which I think most people automatically think when they, when they talk about them two players, but they're actually like stepping up on all different areas of the game, not just shooting or scoring by passing mm. and playing defense as well. And I do want to apologize once again to Tom when I doubted him. When he said what uh, that he saw Bradley Beal to be maybe a borderline all star one time one day, I yeah, apologize I, I again. Think I, that, that's that, that's okay. Um, you know, people make mistakes. People make mistakes. <laughs> it, it, it's fine. I thought that that um that the Clippers were going to sweep, so that's my mistake. But no, I mean, I, I said Brad, Bradley Beal will become in the next few years a top three shooting guard in the NBA, and I think this is the start of that happening now. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree. It's just. Out of the the shooting guards, there isn't there isn't uh, a, a great depth of them. But I, I think he is a fantastic player, and you could look at it and say uh, he he went what third or fourth. There's there's got to be a few teams that wish they took him now. Um, but I mean, it's talking about uh, Bradley Bill and and the way they go through. There's another team that are looking to um, defy maybe not defy the odds, but a team that are really looking to to cause shockwaves for a well supported team are the Memphis Grizzlies. And they, they, another game that went overtime in this series, Bates, these Grizzlies. Yeah, I, yeah, they just do, they just kill, they just kill heart, they just drain the blood out of the OKC's hearts and other teams that they come against. They're just so, they're just so big and they're just so, they just, they just put bodies on people pretty much. And it's not the prettiest at all, basketball, but in some aspects, I guess it is with Mark Sol's great passing inside. He does that hook one-handed in the lane. Which I just find pretty amazing that a big man can do that kind of pass. But I think the main, I think we are due a Durant and Westbrook big game, maybe in Game Six. I thought we were going to see a, a Russell Westbrook takeover game today and then lead him to lead him to a win, which obviously it didn't happen. I mean, he he shot terrible. I mean, thirty points of of thirty one shots um, in a, in triple double. But it was just it was just one of those games that you just knew that the Memphis Grizzlies with with how they were playing and how they were were. Are really making it making it hard for for Oklahoma City to to, to get get some good looks and I mean Durant and Westbrook were both having to force shots out there as a part of the offense that that it was just regardless of what happened it was going to be their their game to win in the end and I mean full credit to them. Zach Randolph had a great game I think he had twenty at twenty and ten Mark Marcus Ole played well on the boards as well um, with fifteen and then and then Mike Miller just the the ageless Mike Miller who has no back with um hitting you know five threes and and scoring twenty one points it was just he. He's been so good, so understated for these guys off the bench, not just in this playoffs, but all season as well. It's been he's 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 just come back to sort of revolutionise his game almost. Mm. You gotta watch him, watch out for him in Game Five against the mm. Thunder. That's when he comes alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean 
Randolph's not exactly had the, the, the greatest series, um, but he, he certainly came alive last night. And I think, I mean, guys, what, what do we think about KD possibly losing in the first round? I don't know. I, can't, I don't. I think. I think it will definitely go seven, and that's probably when they'll. I don't know. I think. I. Th- I still have faith in the Thunder that they'll. That they won't get eliminated, which I know is a tough ask at the moment, but I don't think they will. If If the Thunder do lose, when do we start with the the same sort of rhetoric to Kevin Durant mm. that we gave to LeBron James that we gave to to Carmelo Anthony and have now completely dismissed Carmelo Anthony as being a semi good basketball player, apparently. <laughs> And, um, you know, to, to guys like Kobe after, after his title before he won, um, won with Powell, won a couple of times with Powell. Like when, when does this rhetoric start for Kevin Durant? It's going to have to be this season, the end of this season, mm-hmm. I think. Cause I he's think, been to yeah. the finals and he keeps saying that he doesn't want to be the second best. And um, now he's got to prove it. I think with the way it is, he's a player that's, um, with LeBron, LeBron had nothing in Cleveland. Durant's playing with a, with a top 10 talent. Yeah. It's not as if he's, uh, got no help. He's got, Russell Westbrook, he's got Sergi Baca, whereas LeBron had what Mo Williams and uh, a Shaquille O'Neal with half a leg. So, I mean, oh, it's crazy stuff. And I, I, I think Scott Brooks will be out as well. Yeah, surely. Oh, I mean, yeah. if they had any sense, I think. <laughs> but he's also got Perry Jones, Hashim for beating Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> it's a good point, but I mean, this is the front, the front <laughs> office. That I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, OKC fans. I'm sorry. I've I, I convinced myself I wasn't going to do it today. But I'm going to bring up the James Harden trade again. I've done it every episode, but uh, you can't escape it. You say uh, Jeremy Lamb they have there. Well, they wouldn't have him if they actually kept James Harden. It's, um, that, I think the trading of James Harden could have cost them a dynasty, could have cost KD a few rings. Um, at the end of the day, they could still go through. This could all be irrelevant. But you're right on what you say when we've got to start... Uh, start thinking about Durant in, in that way because I mean I, I tweeted out last night or this morning imagine if it was LeBron that went out to an 8th seed or a 7th seed in the first round imagine, the yeah, be, his head sports, would be on a stick yeah sports centre will break down for the next 4 months the NBA will be cancelled and it will just all be LeBron watch yeah <laughs> Skip Bayless would actually have something to talk about <laughs> yeah I mean I, I think with the way um, social media is now uh, I think the um, the Durant hype will start. I think people will start turning on the same way people have really started turning on Chris Paul in the last couple of years. Um, and I know we didn't speak about it with Chris Paul, but he's looking like he could be challenging for a title this year, as, as it supposed as Kevin Durant. But uh, how much of it is his fault? Because he hasn't been great this series, and Tony Allen's really starting to play him well. Well, he's only. He's, it's just his shoot. I think Tony Allen is probably one of the main reasons. His shooting's. He's shooting forty percent from the. From the field in total, but then he's only going 28, 28% from three point range. And especially coming off this hot season that he has, most likely the MVP season, it's just something we really didn't expect. Yeah. I mean, Tony Allen is one of the, one of the best defenders of, of Kevin Durant out there. And, you know, it, it, it can't be, it can't be, can't be stated more how, how good a job that he's, he's done. I, I completely agree with you. How good, how good a job he has, has done on Kevin Durant. In this series, and he's just taken him out of the game, and it's meant that, that it's got to be Russell Westbrook who's who's got to be got to have more importance in the offense. And I mean, with, with games like today, it just wasn't dropping for him. I mean, one from seven from three, and and um, and yeah, it's just it's just really thrown the whole Thunder out. I can't really remember the last time uh, when Tony Allen was on the floor that Durant's actually had an easy shot. There's been yeah. like multiple multiple hands in his face every single time that he's gone up to shoot it. Because this is this is exactly how he defended him last series as well. 
He's a he's just a, a crazily good defender. <laughs> he's um He's think, undersized as well compared to Durant, oh, which yeah, makes it even more he? crazy. I, I don't even think he's six five, is he? I think he might be six four, six five, yeah. And then Durant, mm. what they never they always seem to yeah, whenever Durant has a good game, he seems to be seven foot one, and then when he has a bad game, he's six foot nine. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think. Where did the thunder go from here, really? Because you mentioned Scott Brooks. Is his job on the line here? Yes. Yeah. More so than Mark Jackson's, I think. I mean, I mean, I know. I if, we all think he's going fired, but will he? If they if if they don't make the NBA finals, I think that they'll they'll fire him. There's just too many good coaches out there for them to to keep going to keep going on with him. Yeah, you see, I, I really do agree with you, but I just I have this feeling, you know, what OKC are like. I just think they're. Um, I just don't think they'd sack him. I, I, I don't know why. I just think they're too they're too proud in a way, and I I could see him hanging around because they they seem to be thinking they're going to improve every year. But the each year that goes by. There's going to be a new player coming on the scene, or Durant's going to get a year older. I know he's 25, and that seems like a crazy thing to say. But um, yeah, his contract only lasts so long, and there's only so long he'll be able to uh, be able to stay in Oklahoma City. No offense to anyone from there, without winning a title. And there's going to be some big markets and big players that are going to be after him. Because if you think about, it, when does his next contract end? What 2018, maybe? You've got him, who will be about 28. He won't want to stay in Oklahoma City if he's not going to win titles every year. Um, and who's not going to want Durant at 28 years old? He's going to be the best player in the world. Well, if you, if you have a look at the Wizards and how their contracts are sort of set up over the next few seasons, you can sort of tell that, that they're going to try and make a big play for Kevin Durant. Mm. They're one of the, I mean, one of, uh, one of 29 teams who are <laughs> definitely going to try and make a play for him. Well, yeah, he's from uh, Washington, isn't he? So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably an interesting situation. I mean, obviously, Oklahoma City could go win two games on the trot now, win the NBA title and make us all look like fools. But um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Another team that have aspirations to get to the NBA Finals are the San Antonio Spurs. And they will be playing against the um, Memphis Grizzlies. How do, this series has been an interesting one. How do you guys feel about it? I, I just, it's one I just can't work out. It's just been the battle of the role players. None of the really big stars, in, if you're going to call Monte Ellis a big star, have really produced Dirk Nowitzki's not having the best the best series and Parker especially hasn't really had a big season a good series it's just generally the people that the role the role players are really winning the games look at Vince Carter winning hitting that shot and then Quan Leonard is always playing well and stuff and Patty Mills has had an all right series it's just not really been the stars producing what we expected of them to yeah and you look at you look at uh the the game the other day which which the Spurs won 93 89. It, it was their bench that really won it for them. I mean, Manu Ginobili you know, came off and, and had a classic Manu game scoring, scoring 23 points and he was running, running the offense well too, getting, um, making, make, having that ball movement, um, back to what, what we expect from it from the Spurs because, I mean, Tony Parker was just playing terrible out there all game and he has all series. Um, Boris, Boris Dior had a great game as well, stepped up with 17 points, hitting, hitting the, the game winning three as well, went three from six from, from outside for the game and, um, and then Patty Mills. Patty Mills is really the, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing for the Spurs, he's the barometer for this team. When he scores in the regular season, when he scores over um, in double digits, they win eighty nine percent of the time. I mean, they do win seventy five percent of the time normally, but that's still better. And 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 um, they in wins he averages ten points, in losses he averages eight points. So it's sort of like if Patty Mills is going to have a semi good game, you're going to win the game. Mm. And um, 
Yeah, it's just uh, it's an interesting series. It's just one which um, maybe was the one aside from Heat Bobcats and maybe Indiana, Atlanta. But you don't know. You thought the Mavs are a good team, but the Spurs. Tom, I don't know what you thought about this pre series. Um, I thought that the Spurs were going to cruise through this. I thought that, uh, mm. that Dallas were going to be able to grab a, grab a game or two because of I mean they they do play the they do play the Spurs quite well, and um, so I thought that that even that it was definitely going to be a, a Spurs victory, but I didn't think it was going to be this close this early on, and because uh, I thought we we're going to be able to get that classic Dirk game, that that classic Monte Ellis have it all game, but um, I mean we've seen a bit a, a bit too much of you know a, a Dallas Mavericks really outplaying the Spurs in this series for my liking. Mm, definitely, um, and. Where, where do we see it going now? You've got to think the Spurs will close out, especially with a game seven on their floor if it goes there. I, I think I think they'll I think they'll I think Pop will be telling them to get, to give them a bit of the nasty, and I think they'll win the next two games. Hmm. It's it's almost at the point where they can't just cruise through like they they probably <coughs> they'd probably have hoped that they could um, because if you're playing until June again, if you've got to play LeBron in game seven again. You saw how spent, albeit it was that they were emotionally spent as well as physically. But these guys were physically spent at the end of last year, and mm. you don't want to be using all their playoff minutes up in early in the playoffs, especially when you got you got you're gonna likely have to play up against Kevin Durant or Blake Griffin. So it, I think the Spurs. The longer this goes on, the less I fancy them to win the title. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but a team which don't look like winning the title, who I've been big fans of this year, are the Houston Rockets. And Matt, you gave me a bit of stick before we came on here for my, my Rockets love. I will make a point. I think that the series is obviously at 3-1 at the moment. Uh, Portland just needs to take one more game to knock out the Rockets. I think this series could be 2-2, 4-0, 3-1 to the Rockets. I just think it's just been coin flips. And at the end of the day, I think Portland have have won three coin flips and Houston have won one. Yeah, this, yeah. this series very well still could go to seven games. I mean, it's it's really is just this is the fun funnest series that we've got. It's just, just two very offensive minded teams just going up and down the floor at each other. I mean, we, we've seen a few OT games. We've seen some big performances from guys like 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 Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, James Harden's put up a lot of points, but he's taken a hell of a lot of shots to do it. We've seen Dwight Howard, um, you know, having having some big games as well. It's just been a really fun series, and um, and I mean. Guys like like Troy Daniels um, becoming NBA players as well throughout this series growing up. God bless him. Um, and it, it's been a really fun series. And you're right, they, they, the games have been coin flips, and they've all been they've both been very close. This game, this series still could go to seven. I mean, the Rockets. It's crazy to say a team down three one. Teams down three one rarely win NBA. No, rarely win playoff series. But you get, if anyone's going to do it, it could be the Rockets because these these games are just really anyone's to win. Mm, and uh, Matt, you said earlier about the yeah. the Harden game. Yeah, we just need we're just waiting for that Harden game. As Tom said, he's scored a lot of points, but he's definitely taken a hell of a lot of shots. So, I I, I look <laughs> I actually fell back in love a bit with Dwight Howard at the start of I think it was game game two. two. Or, yeah, game two. I fell I actually fell back in love with him, and then he got tired, and then I then he just didn't really produce as much as he did, and I fell out of love with him again. <laughs> throughout, throughout the one of the big problems for Houston in this series was throughout the first two games, their three point shot just wasn't dropping. I mean, they shot, um, I think they shot twenty one percent from the floor throughout the from three throughout the first two games. And for a team that lives or dies by the three, I mean, you, you can't do that. You're just not going to win games. So for them to be as close as they were through through those two games was was just you know, incredible. And then 
I mean, they, I think they're shooting about 40% now throughout, throughout the next two games in, in Portland. And so, so they're back into it. I mean, they're one on one when they were shooting, um, over the last two games as well. So, I mean, if, if they continue to hit their threes, that they're still going to be a very good chance in this series. Yeah, I think it's just about that, really, isn't it? Who who hits the threes? I think Harden is he's got to come good, and I think he will. Whether Aldridge can continue his domination, I know he hasn't been as as good as he was in the first two games recently, but uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's all going to come down. Really, you think it's going to come close again? So who can execute better in, in the final stretches? Having said that, I I can see a big Houston win tonight. I can see them. Uh, Maybe winning by by seven to ten points, and um, maybe we won't have overtime for the first time in a while. One one of the big changes that happened in this series in in game three, which was which was the Rockets' first win of the series, was was uh, having Dwight Howard put it a lot more importance on defending Lamarcus Aldridge because I mean he did just he did drop forty six and forty three on them. So one of the things that that made, makes me dumbfounded about that because I mean that was a big change, and then I mean I mean Howard and Ashik have both done a great job on Lamarcus Aldridge throughout. No games, games three and four. He, he hasn't he hasn't had too many you know, looks that he saw in in games one and games games two, and they've really put up the pressure on him. But why the hell did that take two games to make that adjustment? Mm. Like mm. after a guy drops forty six points on you in a playoff game, don't you make that adjustment the very next game? Why did they have to wait to go down to uh, two and zero oh and have the guy you know drop forty three on them after dropping forty six? Like that's sometimes these rockets just really confuse me. And then I'll bring you. I'll bring up another question I brought up earlier. How much do you blame the coach? Kevin McHale is not the best NBA coach, and I don't think I don't think he should really have been coaching this team from the start. I know he obviously Dwight Howard kind of falls in love with him because he can learn some moves and that from Kevin McHale. But I think, as just Tom said, I think a, a good coach or a half decent coach would have sorted that change out on, on Lamarcus Aldridge straight away. I mean, even logically. If you thought about who would you have to guard or Marcus Aldridge, because let's face it, you're not going to really have to guard uh, Robin Lopez in the post. You'd say Dwight's quite quick on his feet. Let's have Dwight against him. I, I mean, that's probably with hindsight saying that with me, but I mean, even then, I'd have said, yeah, why not Dwight against Marcus? I think that the 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 lineup which makes more sense with Dwight's length compared to someone like Terence Jones or mm. something like that. You know, I'm probably going to sound like a broken record. I'm pretty sure I've spoken about this on, on, on the podcast before, but do you know who the best coach is for this Houston Rockets team with how they're, they're set up? It's Stan Van Gundy. Mm. Like, how good was Stan Van Gundy be with this team? It, I think everyone wants it to happen as well. It's just, um, you go ask, will he, will he go back and coach Dwight again? Well, apparently they're texting, <laughs> which is a sign. Hmm. You know, it's always good when you're in that relationship and then, you know, you're like, you know, something happens and then, you know, you're back to texting friends. You're in a WhatsApp group together and you're not, yeah. You know, it's, it's good. It's definitely a positive. I mean, first step, WhatsApp, next step, coach. Yeah, it's like... Maybe they just yeah. love the chase. Maybe they just love the chase. Yeah, they're damned white. They, they didn't know what they had till they lost it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a few songs about that. <laughs> um, no, I mean... Ha- You'd be surprised if Portland threw it away from here, wouldn't you? I'd be surprised, but I, I still would not put it past Houston to, to force a Game 7 and take this series out because it it, re- it really is just crapshoots every game. Mm. Yeah, I think it's similar to the other series, which I can't actually think of now. I think the OKC members okay, series is a similar situation, albeit not as offensively minded from, from one team, but I think it's just it's a coin flip, basically, and 
I think the Western Conference, aside from that, that Clippers, <laughs> Clippers Warriors match, is, it's all just very, very tight, and the easier Miami just roll through. I think this is probably why it's been one of the best playoffs, if not it, it, definitely in a while, because they are coin flips, and that's pretty much what you want. You want both. You want teams that are evenly matched playing at ability where it's just every possession counts. Yeah, and I mean, do you think with the Heat obviously sweeping? <sighs> If they can get, obviously in the next round, if they can go through, say, in five or six, you've got to fancy them in the West when they won't be against the West where they won't be as tired. Yeah, and that's one one of the great things about having having a team like the Heat in the Eastern Conference. You know, for them, they can they can just cruise through their playoffs without breaking a sweat, and then have the the Western Conference just. Just no, absolutely knock each other out to to the point where when they get to the finals, they're they're just terrible. I mean, there's a good chance that that whoever goes through to the finals out of the West is going to have played seven game series all the way through every single every single series. And for a team like the Heat, who may mainly lose like one, maybe two series, um, one maybe two games throughout throughout their playoff run, like it's uh, that's the the amount of rest that they're going to get, especially for guys who have, have been to the final. This would be then be their fourth trip. In a row to the finals, so for for people who've played that much basketball, then there's been uh, Olympics and other commitments that they've had throughout the, throughout off seasons. It, it can't be understated how important that's going to be for this team. And yeah, I think I think it would impact certain teams more than others. I mm. think the Clippers maybe not so much, uh, the Thunder maybe not so much, but you've got teams like uh, Memphis maybe because uh, you've got uh, Mike Miller obviously. Whereas with um, with the Spurs, I think they need all the rest they can get. And that won't happen. Uh, especially this series, and even you've got to look at the next series, they're not going to get an easy game. Especially if Duncan's going to... If, say, if the Rockets went through. For example, you've got Duncan's got a guard. Dwight Howard every night. Or, <laughs> or even if they could play Portland, you'd think Tim, Timmy D would probably take Aldridge, wouldn't he? Yeah, probably, probably put him, him on Aldridge and then have Kawhi on... Um... Kawhi on uh, Lillard, potentially, um, yeah, or or on um, I'm just thinking in my head, or Matthews, on uh, Batum or Matthews, yeah. But um, or you can even put, I mean, Splitter's defended really well in this series. I mean, the way that he's defended Dirk, Dirk, he's he's a lot of the main reason why Dirk hasn't been able to get his shot up. He's he's been able to get right up in his chest when he's been going back on the, on on those, those those fadeaway shots. And I mean, Splitter has really come alive in this series on the defensive end with how important he is to this um, San Antonio team. Yeah, and um, you just I think Aldridge would probably give you a little bit more on the. Um, he could probably take Splitter off the dribble, maybe. But yeah. I think I think you're right in um, in that. Um, we'll touch on the Heat. I mean, what do you think? I think it was. <laughs> If it's expected, it would have been nice for Charlotte to get a game, wouldn't it? Because they, they've had a really fun season. Yeah, it'd be ni- nice for them. It would have been nice for them to, to get a game and, and get a playoff win. But then also, it was nice that they were able to play their last game as the Bobcats on the home court as well. Mm. Bobcats, never, Bobcats theoretically never won a playoff game. Yep. There you go. And they retire with no, with no playoff wins. Will they take over like the Hornets? Um, like history? No, I think it remains the, the franchise started in 2000 and whatever, so. The, oh, wow. I think the Pelicans keep that history. Oh, yeah, which, that? Is why I, which is why I don't like the name changes and all, all the, everything that comes with it like that, because, I mean, you're going to have the Charlotte Hornets running around in Charlotte, you know, every, 
the same sort of color schemes as the old Hornets used to be, but they're not going to have the history because that belongs to the New Orleans Pelicans, who used to be the Charlotte Hornets. It's just, it's just weird. It's like, um, like Bates, you're a Seinfeld guy, aren't you? Yeah, huge. Yeah, you know the um the episode where 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 Jerry's doing his laundry and Kramer wants to throw some stuff and it's like my guys don't know your guys, um you know I can't go. Yeah. It's like it's 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 like that. It's just like you can't you you can't cross streams. You can't. It's it's just weird. Like mm-hmm. I, I get it, but I just I just don't like it. And it's the same as if great um, reference. If uh, <laughs> say if uh, Seattle get another team, then there's going to be OKC running around with Seattle's history. Although they they don't officially have it, no. but they they they're going to kind of have that. You'd think the Thunder would give it up, and maybe the Pelicans will give it up to the to to the Hornets. Maybe that could be an idea. Well, either yeah, way, you can't just give up it. a history. Like it's <laughs> like how are you like? Oh yeah, we're just going to forget that this was us and this had anything to do with it. like like it, it's cool in theory, but I don't I don't know. I, I, it might just be me. I just find it very weird. Wait, but then again, how many how many like. Old Seattle legends like Gary Payton, have you seen at a Thunder game? They've not really done anything. Yeah. No, I mean the, the, the Thunder have completely, completely forget the past. Like that's one of the things they did there. They've, I think they've got they've got all of their all of the old old merchandise sitting in 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 rusty boxes out at um Oklahoma State University or something like that. Like they're really not taking care of the old history. As, in a way, it's kind of the respectful thing to do because, but they, I think there's two sides of the coin. Uh, I'd be interested to hear where you both sit because one way you could say, well, if they keep bringing it up, it's kind of rubbing it in their faces. Whereas if they if they don't look at it, it's kind of keeping it out, keeping them out of it, or it could be seen as disrespectful. It's just a lose lose situation, really. Then, oh, you could mm. say it's a win win as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's a tangent, but we love a tangent. Could Seattle maybe buy the Clippers? No way. Too big a media market in LA. No, never I don't think. I don't think. I think whoever whoever buys the franchise, it's it's definitely not going to be moved. It's going it's going to stay there. They need they need two teams in LA. They need two teams in New York. Because the, the, one of the great things about two teams in LA is there's there's a game of basketball on every like, two out of every three nights in LA, pretty much, or or, some, or two out of every four, something ridiculous. So there's always going to be a game on whenever anyone's there. Uh, it's it it is it's a huge media market. I mean, Clippers, Clippers games have started to rate really well in 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 um, LA as in, in LA too. I think that the team will definitely stay there. Mm. And you could even argue that the, the part of the problem with the NBA, where, whereas it's doing well, it could be doing better, is the fact they don't actually have more teams in multiple markets because you think they've got a team in say not to pick on them, but they've got a team in Memphis, but they don't have a team. In, in Seattle, they don't have maybe, I don't know, Kansas City's another big market without a team. Or, like, they could have two teams in Chicago, for example. Chicago's a massive city. So, yeah, I think part of the problem with the NBA, whereas, you know, the NFL got two teams in New York, they've got all these teams in California. So, yeah, you're right. And I don't think the, the, the team, you, you, <laughs> unless it was, say, um, a Seattle owner, there's no way that anyone's moving a team out of New York. Uh, New York out of um, no um, uh, in the Eastern Conference as well we've got got the Raptors Nets it's an interesting series Uh, how do we how how have we enjoyed this how do we how do we see it going from here 
Tom, Tom, then Tom, then Matt. This is this is another series that I, I really see going either way. I mean, I, I think right now it looks like it's 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 still advantage Brooklyn, but I mean, with the way that, that, that the Rats have been playing to get that win in Brooklyn the other day, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if they can if they can you know bring this energy back home and and look 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 at finding a way to close out the series. I I, I agree. I think I think the I think I know we said the veteran leadership and stuff and the experience. I think the Nets just. We'll take it. I just think Paul Pierce is too much of a killer. Yeah, and uh, I love this. This is what we bought him here for. <laughs> this is what they bought me here for. Um, I mean, I think it's one where we need to... I still think... I know there's been, what, four games. I still think we're kind of figuring out a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't quite got a, an identity as a series, as it were. It keeps switching, which is good. Which is good, which we what we like. Um one 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 series that just got an identity is Indiana Atlanta. <laughs> Someone talk about this because I, I it's taken my breath away. Well, it's Jeff Teague's playing MVP Jeff Teague basketball that we should have all expected. I know you did, Tom. Didn't Simple. You? Oh, I did, yeah, yeah. We're we're uh, thirteen wins away from a title. <laughs> I mean, everyone's been quick to criticize the Pacers, and yes, they've been terrible. But the two teams on that floor in Atlanta. Are, Executed their their game plan fantastically. Antich at the five just just made Hibbert kind of he's just made him a non-factor and he's allowed Jeff T to get in, as you say. And even players like Carroll and Corver and they're, they're just they're just playing fantastic. Bates, I I just think of the American Office whenever I hear Mike Scott's name. Yeah, Michael same. Scott. I just think of Michael Scarn as like the his like alter ego James Bond character that he came up with. I just think I think and, that's great. That's the best thing I think when I watch this series. I just think of great office memories. And whenever, 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 whenever Jess Teague passed the ball to to Michael Scott, I, I call him the assistant to the general manager. <laughs> that's perfect. You see, what I think about this is I don't watch enough TV. <laughs> maybe we watch too much TV. No, you can never watch too much TV. That's that's good. Matt always tells me not to talk about TV on this because I can go for hours, but we won't. <laughs> Well, I mean, I could talk TV, but I could talk Jersey Shore. Um, no way. Shut up. <laughs> Towie. Maybe no Chelsea. Way. No way. Um, no, okay. We, we won't. Um, <laughs> I, you can talk to my girlfriend about them if you want. She, that's the things that she watches. Why don't your girlfriend come on the show one day, Bates, so that so Frankie can talk about his <laughs> terrible choice in TV shows? <laughs> I'm sure she'll be pretty embarrassed that I just shamed her, really. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with watching Made in Chelsea. It's quite a good program. It's um, not. <laughs> uh, Vogel, is he another coach on the hot seat? I hate to keep talking about managers getting fired. No, I, I mean, it seems like everyone and, and, and everywhere out there is saying that, that Vogel's on the hot seat, that, <clears throat> that they're going to like blow this team up, trade Wahibit, trade Lance Stevenson. I, I don't think they're going to do any of that. I think that, I mean, it's just been a terrible back half of the season. I can see them making... Um, Know, a few roster adjustments in the offseason. This team only needs minor roster adjustments. They need a, an, another veteran in there. They need um, they need to to improve their bench a bit more. I mean, Roy, Roy Hibbert is just in a in a seriously bad slump, and I think this is more mental than anything else for him. And he he just needs to to stop basketball for the rest of the year and 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 pull up stumps. And and I mean that's something that that will probably happen in a couple of days' time. And and I mean, you, but you look at how well this. This Pacers unit played earlier on this season, and 
and we can talk about what what's happened to them. I mean, things like Granger, Granger leaving. There's been some some locker room problems with some of some. I mean, without we having that veteran leadership there, and we, we with these young guys try, now trying to step up and become leaders. And I, I think this is more a learning experience for this entire team, rather than something that you really point the finger at, at, at the coach or some of the players and blow it up. Mm. Yeah, you see, with Hibbert, it's it's an interesting one because I don't. He's been okay in the regular season, but he's only really played amazingly against the Heat, I feel like. I think he played well at the start of the season. Well, they all did. Yeah. But he's never been that dominant kind of rebounder. No, no. He doesn't, he doesn't need to be. The, the Pacers are the number one rebounding team in the NBA. Like, he's, he's doesn't have to take down all the boards for them to be a, a to, to be a really good rebounding team. I mean, mm. they, 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 they force teams into a lot of threes, so then you get guys like Lance Stevenson um, you know, pulling down a lot more boards. I mean, he leads the team in rebounds. And, and you've got um, one, of the, one of the great things that Roy Hibbert does is, um, on, on, um, around rebounding is he's, sort of, he's really good at being able to, to, to sort of box out, of, box out the, the, the lead rebounder on the other team to be able to have guys like Paul George, Lance Stevenson, David West be able to grab down easier boards. It's sort of his role on the rebounding end to me is a bit like um like how Luke Longley was back in the in, in, in the nineties. I mean Longley Longley was the big seven seven foot two guy on the Chicago Bulls team, but Dennis Rodman was the guy that pulled down all the boards. Mm. Yeah, I agree, but then there's just there's just moments where I feel like um he like sometimes gets out rebounded, like say if it's a one on one tussle. I feel like I I've I feel like I've seen Carl Corver tear a board down over him, and I've seen Carl Corver block him. And I just oh, this, this, ser- this series has just been terrible. Full stop. I'm mm. I'm talking in general. I mean, okay. I mean, Roy Roy Hibbert's the worst player in basketball over the last two weeks. But I mean, I'm I'm talking more in general with Roy Hibbert. I'm I'm calling this this is just like a a mental thing that's going on with him that I can't wait to wait to read the book that comes out next season about what the hell is going on with his Pacers team. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be. Ever since, I hate to... Well, no, I love to bring it up, because I, I said at the time it, w- it would be a bad move. Evan Turner <laughs> is not going to be great for your locker room. <laughs> uh, and Andrew Bynum as well. You don't... Don't sign Andrew Bynum and Evan Turner. Are you a Sixers fan, Franco? Uh, yes. I thought so. <laughs> um, the thing is, Ev- Evan Turner's actually been probably the most consistent and best pacer over the last few weeks as well, which is, like, the sad thing about it. Like, he's been... I mean, he only played four minutes... Um, <clears throat> In their last game, but he's he's been the only guy who's really been you know, game in game out, sort of an efficient player out there for them. But it's just everyone else is just really bad around him, and it's sort of like Evan Turner attract makes people bad. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I, if that's if they if he's the best player on a team for three months, that's not the Sixers. That just means I can't watch them or support <laughs> them. I hate to say it, but every Sixers fan warned the Pacers. Well, yeah, it was. It was funny how I mean, I, I thought it was actually a good deal for for Indiana. Um, at, at first, I'll put my hand up and say that um, I'll, I'll put my hand up and say that, and, and and that I'm wrong. But I mean, you look at when it happened. Everyone who wasn't a Sixers fan was like, "Oh, that's so good! Like, it's just, it's minor <laughs> improvement on this team." And then all the Sixers fans were just like laughing the hell at everyone. And 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 it's good. It's good to see Sixers fans like you two guys like having a, having a laugh at the team with the best record in the East right now. Well, yeah. It's, it's do you only... think you could get a second round pick for Evan Turner at the moment? What do you think? Oh, twenty eighteen draft maybe. <laughs> what what kind of contract is he going to oh, get? This actually, sorry, no, no, you can't get a second round pick for Evan Turner because the Knicks don't have any second round picks. <laughs> the Sixers actually have all the second round picks for the next twenty years. Yeah, 
I mean, what kind of contract does Turner get this offseason? A big one in the Australian Basketball League. Yeah, he'll, he'll get um, yeah, two years, $500,000 in the Australian League, which is a big contract. <laughs> is that the same as Sam Young? Um, Sam Young's contract was only about 100k. Ah, right. I'll take that. He, he, he might be coming back, actually, but he'll be getting paid a lot more next year. Um, yeah, like, he might be coming back. If he doesn't make the NBA, his girlfriend um, wants to start university out here. She What's loves it. it. Oh, his, his wife. So he might be coming back. <laughs> didn't that uh, inside was it, knowledge? Was it Troy Daniels? Was, didn't he nearly go to Australia? Yeah, he was on the verge of signing a contract with Perth, the team that won it this year, and um, then decided that he'd, he'd stay in the D League and try and you know, have his chance at making the NBA this season. And I mean, he made the right decision. Mm, clearly, yeah. And um, no, I think uh, the Indiana Pacers—they're just an interesting team to. Just the psychology of this team. Paul George, he's got the big contract, but he's certainly not playing like the big player he is. I, I think he's playing alright in these playoffs. I think from, from what we, from what we're saying, uh, he's a uh, 20, 22 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 2.8 steals, 50% from free, uh, from the field. I think he's the only bright, the, I think he's pretty much one of the, the only bright spots of this Indiana team, but it's just, mm. it's just not. For me, good when, basketball. He, when he shoots threes, like, I know I'm, I'm not a basketball coach, but he doesn't seem to square up. I don't know if that's just his style, maybe. Uh, yeah, his feet don't tend to really uh, face the basket as much. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Anyway, that was my coaching <laughs> knowledge. That I um, No, I mean... <laughs> maybe you should coach him next year, Frankie. <laughs> well, I don't think I could do much... This work. is why he's asking everyone who's on the hot seat in that, because he's ready to yeah. jump on it, and that's why. Who, who could do... Um, a worse job than Vogel coaching this offense, to be honest. They, I mean, even throughout the regular season, they were they were the worst team for me to watch. And who? I'm sorry, but did we over? Did some people overrate them? Because they had a very well, nice schedule I, at the I start thought, of the season. I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna win the win the win the East um, the day that they made the scholar move. So I've got egg on my face right now. Yeah, I just don't think anyone predicted that they'd play this badly. Yeah. Compared to how they started, I just don't think it's the same with like the Suns. No one saw the Suns going to be like fighting for a playoff playoff spot. It's just something that happened that no one saw coming. Like no one predicted it. So I don't think it's a bad prediction if you got them to win the East because no one saw this coming. Yeah. So I'm just sticking up for you, really, Tom. That's all I'm doing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks. Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, and it's norm- normally I'm the one that gets things wrong, but I actually did predict a little bit of a Pacers downfall I just I wasn't buying this team offensively and I, I know that they're a great defensive team but I just think you need to score more points to, to really than they were and it was just it was just horrible I don't buy George Hill as a, as a, as a championship point guard um, and I know oh look look who Miami's point guard is but Miami have this guy called LeBron never heard of him yeah um, so no, there's going oh, to be... he's the he's the guy that, that that will never be as good as Jordan, according to Bulls fans, isn't he? Ah, let's. I think we should probably. Uh, <laughs> I won't get involved in this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, cast aside and uh, lambasted on Twitter for a lot of what I've said about my uh, LeBron James and Michael Jordan. <laughs> it just seems to be an area you can't touch. <laughs> you... I thought you weren't going to say anything. I was waiting for you to say that. I knew you were going to say I'm, that as well. I'm, I'm, I'm your argument say, every time. I'm not going to say anything. 
But <laughs> I'm going to say something. Um, okay. Um, yeah, Bulls fans, come at me. <laughs> no, um, I look. Who do we have now? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know what you need to do? Um, what what I did what I did on the topic was I was getting you no know, absolutely hammered about my my views on 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 LeBron James versus um versus Michael Jordan. That I just did a podcast on it. And then now I don't I don't get any Twitter arguments. I just send them the link to the podcast, and I'm like, yeah, there. Have a listen to that. I'm not I'm not talking to you now. You know my opinion. <laughs> and uh, what what is your opinion? Are you going to send um, me the link? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just send you the link right now through through Skype. Um, basically, basically, my opinion is that throughout the first ten years of their career, um, LeBron James is a better basketballer than Michael Jordan. But there's still a lot of work to go for him to be the greatest basketball player of all time. But he's on track. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much my opinion. And if you had to draft one of them, I'd, I'd take LeBron, to be honest. I always... Why can't we just wait till the end of careers and then compare, if you're going to compare? This that's is, why I always this is, this is fun. Yeah, yeah it's... I don't know. It's just... It's, it, I, I'm controversial to you two. It gets a bit boring. Can't we just It does get them? boring. My, my, my Jordan and LeBron issues are... They're not that big compared to the, to the, to the slaughtering I get from my, my Kobe Bryant opinions and... He seems to be the one which I think you see that more people kind of, Lakers fans, they, they just kind of, it's a way of, they, they just go so far against LeBron for some reason. And I, I agree in, in the sense it gets a bit boring, but I think we should just, I think I, I appreciate Michael Jordan as a fantastic player. What I don't get with certain Kobe fans is they just want to disregard anything LeBron does because Kobe is their player. It's like, can't you enjoy both of their basketball talents? Well, yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, you can. Tom, Tom, you're, you're <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know you're not. Um, I know you're not putting me in with like all those like crazy Lakers fans or, or those coming crazy Bulls fans as well, crazy Heat fans, and more more stands than fans, and mm. and it's just yeah, it's it's frustrating. It, sometimes it's it's tough to see stuff like that going across Twitter. And um, but. I'll ask you all the uh, the same question. As of today, who do we have in the NBA Finals? Miami Heat. At- Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Heat and Spurs. I'll just say that. That'll just yeah. Yeah, I'm still with Heat and Spurs. Okay, I'll, I'll go Heat and Clippers. But um, crazy. Well, it's not that crazy. I've, I've just put a bet on it, so I've got to uh, put my money where my mouth is. But no. And uh, I think that's probably a good place to end. We'll obviously be back to to review the next round of games and analyse the series from there. Um, my name's Frankie Hobbs. You can find me at Frankie underscore Hobbs and Matt Bates. Where can people find you, man? At Bates991. I barely use Twitter. I don't get any followers, so I just don't normally. I don't go on about it that much anymore. I've just oh, given up. Oh, Bates. <laughs> Tom. You can you can also find him um, on his couch watching a hell of a lot of the TV as well if if, if you know his address. It's very true. Do you, want, do you, want, do you, want, do you want, actually since you're not on social media anymore? Do you want to um do you want to put your address out there for everyone? Oh, I am, so, I am on I am on social media, but uh, it's a uh, flat <laughs> flat three two one five twenty well lane <laughs> Jeffield. There you go. All right, um, Come round and we can we can watch some TV together. I'm gonna order some pizza to that. <laughs> do it. You would as well. <laughs> do it, uh, Tom. Maybe not your address, because um, yeah, where where can people find you? And what else do you do? I'm I'm sure you you might you might do a podcast or something. 
Um, yeah, thank you very much, guys, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Always, always fun to talk to you guys, and I'm, I'm and um, I'm happy to talk, talk. Um, come over to your place, Bates, anytime. We can talk some TV. That's now I've cool. got your address. Um, it's only, and it's uh, yeah, minutes down the road, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not too far. What's what's a flight these days? <laughs> and um, then yeah, hit me up on Twitter at tra read and then also you can hear me on the the believe the hype nba podcast which is on anywhere that you can get your podcast it'll probably be there or head over to believe the hype nba.com to to check out check out the site there and uh, it's got 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 the podcast and then whatever other g ups and, and stuff that we want to put up on there and i believe that we've got an ashes special of um the quiz show i really know your game i've really forgotten that yeah know your game yeah and um I believe England are going to actually win that. So, Tom, do we have any thoughts about the Know Your Game? Well, is, is it going to be an Ashes special? Well, oh, apparently it's, it's going to be... Me and Frankie me versus and you and Benyon. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be good. I thought it was just going to be me versus Benyon. No, I think... We, I which, think which, which is going to be boring. Me, me and Bates. Me beating Benyon as usual. Well, but no, fun. now it's going to be fun. Now it's going to be me beating two people. <laughs> It'll be England recapturing the uh, the pride of the nation. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, hopefully the trophy's bigger than a um, coke can. Can we have? Can, can we have? <laughs> can we have a round as well, which is like like we sending questions about Australia for you guys, and then you guys send like to Matt, and then we you sending questions to Matt about the UK. Yeah, they'll all be about Towie and Maiden Chelsea. <laughs> ah, crap! I've yes. got a lot of work. <laughs> I've got a lot of Vegemite to read up on. Um, <laughs> No, um, but for now, I think I think that'll be a fun fun thing. Um, but for now, I think we've all got places to be, and uh, Tom's got a day to live out. We, I've got a bed to see. But um, no, thanks thanks a lot, Tom, and thanks for Bates for for showing up. It's all right. Um, no, and uh, that that was the Double Clutch podcast, and uh, see you later. Hi, it's Peter Vetti. You're listening to Double Clutch podcast. Don't believe anything these guys say. <laughs>